You know, there's a, a lot of things happening today in life, and it's been there for a long time, that is coming against the church, that is against the church. And it is a deceitful weapon that is powerful if it isn't dealt with. And it's deceitful in the sense where it's subtle. There's doctrines, false doctrines coming against the church. False doctrines. Atheism. Cults. Things that look respectable, that look religious, that look good. But yet, they're nothing to do with the word of God. They keep people in bondage. They keep people feeling there must be more than this. There must be something more than this. That's what it does. When you've got the real deal, you don't say there's nothing, there's something more than this. You've arrived and you're experiencing the more and the more, wave upon wave, grace upon grace. You're experiencing him, the life that uh, Sid was talking about. It's the truth that sets you free. Because Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I like the sound of turning books. I like the sound of the crackling of the pages, because I know somebody's looking, and I know somebody's searching, and I know somebody wants that truth to be a, a revelation in their hearts. So we're going to turn to 2 Peter, and we're going to start at verse 12. While you're looking for it, and Peter's going to, um, Peter, sorry, <laughs> Richard's going to put it up behind me. Okay, for this reason, sorry, we'll start at 13. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a remember, that you always have a reminder, sorry, of these things after my decease, after he's gone. This is Peter talking. He says, so when I leave, I'm going to die. And Jesus says, you're going to go this certain way. And he says, I want to remind you, I want to leave something with you. And this is what Peter's emphasising for the body, for the believers. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received from God the Father honour and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we, were, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 
God has blessed his words. Already I feel there's an opening in hearts right now. From what I've read, there's an anticipation of what the Holy Spirit wants to impart and is imparting right now. Remember the words you have heard. Remember, remind. I've got to bring back to your remembrance, Peter says in verse 12, 13 and 15. He says, I have seen Jesus. We were on that holy mountain. I've seen him. We've touched him. And we heard that voice says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. We've seen him. We've touched him. I've heard people say, you know, I would love to have been there when the disciples were doing this, when the, when the disciples were with Jesus. I'd love to see him. But what, Pe what Peter says after, further down, in verse 19, and so we have the prophetic words confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. What he's saying we also have a more sure prophetic word. I've seen him, but we've got something better than that. We've got the prophetic word. We've got the word of God. It's authentic. It's the scriptures. And if it's not the word of God, it's not worth talking about. It's not worth talking about. But I've seen Jesus and I've heard the confirmation of God the Father saying, this is my son. This is him. Listen to him. The scriptures are the word of God. Yeah. This is it. Read it. Listen to it. He says we've got something more sure. You know, you're going to hear people say, you're going to get people saying, I've seen a vision. I've got this. Knew this. Knew that. You know, this isn't complete. You know, the Bible you're reading isn't complete. And so this gives room for doubt and unsettlement of what we believe. Unless we are rooted and grounded in the truth. And like Peter says, I want to bring this back to your remembrance. I want to remind you. I want to remind you. Why does he want to remind us? If you look in chapter 2, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. There were, false, there were false prophets at that time among the people, even as there would be false teachers among you who were secretly bringing destructive heresies and even denying the Lord who brought them and they bring on them themselves swift destruction. Man, that is powerful. You've got to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, we could be a candidate to be deceived and to believe a lie. He says in 1 Peter 13, guard up the lines of your mind. Guard up the lines of your mind. Be selective what you listen to. Be selective what you read. Because if you don't guard your mind, you're going to let trash in. And that trash is going to influence your thinking and that thinking is going to affect your behaviour guard up the lines of your mind be sober minded he says and rest your hope upon the grace 
Sid mentioned it, the grace. God's ability, God's spirit revealing to us that all our working out could never reveal to ourselves. It's grace, it's God's word, it's his spirit that brings this, bringing what? He says, Peter, the revelation of Jesus. The revelation of who he is. This is my son. I've seen him, he says, but we've got something more sure. We've got something more sure. Is this something more sure? Gathering dust. Is this something more sure? Passively being read. Is this something more sure? Are we sure? If it's sure, and we've got the confirmation of what it is, let us read it. If you were drowning, and the only thing you had to save you was a rope, would you just drown? You take that rope and you hold on to it for your life. Peter's saying, I want to bring back to your remembrance because there are those who will come and try and pervert what you've heard. Speak lies. And he wants to remind them. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture. All scripture is what? What's all scripture, Sid? Come on, read it out. Can we read it together? All scripture. Let's read it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for the instruction in righteousness. And I'm sure there's a bit more. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Not half equipped, partially equipped, but thoroughly equipped. Reloaded. When you read this, you get reloaded. You get reloaded. The Word of God is living and it's active. And we've got it in our hands. The Word of God doesn't become true because I'm speaking it's the truth whether I believe it or not. The Word of God is backed up by God Himself. This Word, God declares what you hold in your hands right now to be the truth. It is written free of all errors. There's no errors in the Bible. Oh, but your book has been changed. It's gone from hand to hand. But we have something that our God has given us. How many times have we heard that? And I often say, what part was changed? When and why? And you know what? They can't answer. Oh, well, I don't know, but I know it's been changed. It's amazing from hearsay, from what we think we know, before the God who does know, we are making our puny accusations as if we know. God says you can know the truth. Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. False, destructive doctrines. 
When I look at the Jehovah Witnesses pamphlets, I don't look at them, I'm just saying. When I look at them, you know what I'm impressed with? I love the pictures. <laughs> they got some good pictures. Them pictures can't save you. Or maybe they can start us on the road. But I love the pictures, they're doing well, aren't they? If you've ever read one of them, watch it. I used to like them. And I remember the, when I was a, a younger lad. <laughs> and they used to come to our door. And I used to look at them pictures. And I think, wow, that's good. And Jesus looked good. He did look at it. And the pictures were good. But the doctrine is screwed up. It's wrong. And it's the word of God that sets you free. It's the word of God that sets you free. The word of God sets you free. Peter says there are false teachers who will deceive you. And they come with their doctrines and their traps. And they will take the truth and twist it and they'll put their own slants on it. And it's not the word of God and it can sound good. And they will come with a logical, emotional story that would touch the emotion that would lead you on the path of deception if you don't know the truth because God is not bothered about emotions where the truth is the truth is there to set you free you can feel emotional and experience a lie and believe it to be the truth and still live in bondage and still die without God in your life God wants to set you free and sometimes I think when we're talking to other people we don't feel I don't want to really speak to a Muslim or a witness or what because maybe I might offend them or maybe I don't know enough of my word that I could speak to them about it. Now if you have got that on your heart isn't it time that we did know the word? Isn't it time as Paul says, let's show ourselves approved. Searching the scriptures that we won't be ashamed. We won't be ashamed. It's not that we're ashamed of God, but we're ashamed that we don't really know enough about him to talk about him. And he's made himself available. And Peter says, but we have something more assured. The prophetic word of God, which is the evidence Philippines 2, 16. Philippines 2, 16. I'm sure the angels are playing a tune while I'm speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2, 16. This is Paul and he says, Holding fast the words of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. So holding fast to the words of life. Holding fast. What's the words of life? Holding fast to the words that you've been taught. Holding fast. Pressing. Not budging from them or compromising. Maybe they have got something true. And maybe it's casting doubt on what I believe. That I haven't got the truth. But holding fast to the truth that has set you free. Paul says, we've got to hold fast to that. And you know what he says after? That I might know. That 
don't have a name in vain. Because I've had this revelation, Paul says. God has revealed the truth to me. I'm revealing the truth to you. And there's some among you, Judaizers, who are coming and saying, yeah, Jesus, that's great. But you've also done obey the law. That's what was going down. False doctrines. We've got them. The witnesses, Christadelphians, the Mormons. If we'd only read our Bible, it says in Hebrews that Jesus, Hebrews 1, Jesus is the final word. God doesn't need any other one. God doesn't need any other one. If Jesus is the final word, and if we would have read that and believed it's the truth, the first century Christianity, the sixth century Islam come, and then they've got the cheek to say, Muhammad had a vision by the angel Gabriel. He came and he gave him a vision. Anger, my book says, Jesus is the final word. Jesus is the final revelation. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's word. Scripture cannot be broken, Jesus says. Because prophecy proves itself. Prophecy proves itself. So if we have read that, why are so many people believing that there's an extra book to be added on? This is not fulfilled. Why are they believing that Joseph Smith who is the founder of the Mormons, had a vision and an angel come to him and says it's incomplete. This is the complete book. Amen. There are some among you who will come to pervert the word. Yeah. I want to remind you, he says, be sober, gird up the lines of your mind and rest your hope fully on the grace that will reveal the revelation. The revelation means something that is dead. You can't see it. But once it's lifted, you see it. That's the revelation. It's there. It's here in the Word. And as we give the attention it rightfully deserves, God reveals the truth to us. We know that we know. We know that we know. Amen. Praise God. You know, I feel so good that I'm walking in the truth. And when you share it, you just, you feel this joy, you feel an inner smile, I call it. You might not be smiling outward, but inwards you've got this smile. And I know that inner smile is the anointing. It's the Holy Spirit. It says that God has worked in you, you work him out. God has worked in you, he's put him in you, he's put the truth in you, you let him out. And that's when that smile happens. And it's, you know what? It says that the entrance of the word brings light. The entrance of the word brings light. And as we read the word and give attention to the word, God will give more light to the revelation the light is giving you. If you think you know something, God will give you more light upon what you know. As you give it the attention. Knowing the truth which comes by knowing the word will protect us from false doctrines. God has given us the word to set us free, to keep us free and to protect us. Be selective in what we give our attention to. This is good news, you know. I don't want it to be stern in the sense where, whoa, but I want it to be real in the sense where it would make us sit up on the inside. Because sometimes we do get a bit stale, don't we? We do get a bit stale 
because it's the mundane. But like Sid says, my soul, my soul must sing, but I've had a bad I've had a, but it's the truth. You're emotionally, you've had a bad day, but this is the truth. That Paul says, he weren't in like some winds and green, probably. Well, he weren't in winter green, not probably, he weren't in winter green. We didn't have a, a widescreen Blu-ray TV. That's if they have it, I don't know. But they don't have these privileges. From the place where he wrote, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He says again, because some might think, oh, it just means rejoice, but it don't mean really. He says, and again I say rejoice. Because... He had something more than his circumstances are dictating him to that he's got to fill down. He says, I can be over these circumstances because I'm free. He says, I'm in chains, but I'm a prisoner for you. As if to say, I'm not a prisoner. I'm free, but I'm taking and making the most of this opportunity because I know the truth. I'm free. Even to the point where those in the palace are being set free. He made the most of a situation where many would crumble because, you know why they crumble? Because they doubt the foundation that they're on. That's right. But he knew, he says, I know, and I'm fully persuaded. God wants us to be fully persuaded. God wants us to remember what we've got and to hold it and to know, man, I'm digging in. Oh, 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 I'm digging deep. That's a song, I'm digging deep. Keep digging deep. And you're going to get the revelation of who he is. And you'll have that inner smile constantly. That inner smile, that peace. Even, dare I say, in your circumstances that we're trying to dictate to you. I'm going to wipe that off your face. Because blah, blah, blah. Are you? Emotionally, it's not so, yeah? You know, we're human. But let's remember. Peter says, I'm reminding you. You've got the truth. And remember, this truth sets you free. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians 4, 17. Man, time goes quick when you're having fun. <laughs> it does, it goes quick. Hallelujah. I'll just read this. Uh, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. Having its ignorance, darkness, and blindness of the hearts. You know, when I talk to uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, there's some nice people, they're nice. I talk to some Muslims, they're nice. Not many Christian elephants, but you know. But these people are so nice people. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. <laughs> you know, this is where this I'm talking about emotions. Because you get emotionally with someone, and you think, maybe he's got the truth, he's a nice person. He's sincere, but sincerely wrong. If they're not backing up with this word, right. it ain't the truth. But you know why? They're sincerely wrong. Because they're ignorant and their hearts are blinded. That's why we were like that one time. Yes. The entrance of the word brings light. If you're ignorant, you're in darkness. 
No understanding. But listen, it says, verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. We didn't learn Christ that way, in ignorance and emotions and logic. We learned him a different way. If indeed you have heard, you have heard and been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. We've been taught by the Holy Spirit. That gives us the revelation of who Jesus is. You know, we are the only ones, the only faith, that walk around with our God in us. <laughs> Do you follow about that? That should put a smile on your doll anyway. That should make you feel, whoo! Because when I've thought about that, wow, I thought this is amazing. Someone said it actually, but I didn't think about it after he said it. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. But praise God, this is amazing. But understand, it's the mind. It says, guard the lines of your mind. The scriptures say, and Peter says, guard up the lines of your mind. And notice in Ephesians, Paul was saying that they are like this because the ignorance, the ignorance that their hearts are blinded. That's why. But our hearts are not blinded. We are not ignorant now. He says like the Gentiles. Gentiles just means non-believers. Those who don't know him. And it says, alienated from God. God wasn't alienated from them, but they didn't know God because they didn't see him. They don't know the truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth. And the truth you give attention to, my word, will set you free. And then you will be my disciples. Show yourself approved. What have we got to show ourselves approved? What have we got to show ourselves approved? Time is rapidly going. You know, we need to have a good understanding of the scriptures so that we can rightfully divide the word of God because people can take the word. This word is inspired. It's God-breathed. It's God-breathed. God's breath is in the pen of the person, in the mind of the man, of the prophet. And the prophets, he says, speak this, write this. God was breathing through them, through the prophets. Peter says, we have a more sure of the prophets, the word. Jesus says, scripture cannot be broken. What he meant, it will fulfill itself. Because if you look at scripture in time, we've had prophecy from God's word, which no other book ever, ever, I quote, has been written that has prophecies that have been passed one after another and prophecies that will be passed that will come to pass this is the authenticity of the scripture Jesus says scripture cannot be broken check it out this will happen that will happen that will happen not one dot or tittle I'll put the the dot or the crossing of the of the of the T's My word will not pass away. My word will not pass away. Jesus saying, it will come to pass. That's in Matthew 5. 
I've got it written down exactly where it is, I just can't remember it offhand. Matthew 5, 18. My word will not pass away. What he's saying is, Jesus is confident. I am the fulfilment of what the prophet says. I am the fulfilment. Scripture cannot be broken. Jesus was not crucified, Muslims say. Therefore, if he wasn't crucified, and if he didn't die, we don't have to talk about the resurrection because he wasn't crucified. Turn to Galatians 1. Six to nine. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even so, if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Remember when he says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I'll say rejoice. When he says it twice. Take note. Dig in here. Because he says let him be accursed. And we have said before. So now I say it again. If anyone preaches any other gospel to you. Then what you have received. Let him be accursed. Let him be cursed. because that is a powerful powerful statement to, to make Muhammad had a vision the angel Gabriel came to him and what he spoke he says there is no mediator between God and man Jesus didn't wasn't crucified this is what the Quran says and they want to call you brother. They say we believe the same basically. We don't believe the same. When they say we believe the same basically. Don't agree with them. Because they know in their hearts. They don't. Believe the same. One Corinthians. Corinthians 15, 2 to 4. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. To, this is Paul again. I'm on my head, and it's got the risen Christ face reality. I love that. The risen Christ face reality. By which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. He says again, unless you believe it in vain. And then it goes on in three. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to what? Scripture. 
scriptures. The scriptures, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to what? According to the scriptures. Now when I read that first time, the first time, you know what I thought? I thought it was like this. You know this kid, he told me that he won a hundred pound according to him. According to him. You know what he ain't saying that. What he's saying is, scripture cannot be broken. According to the prophecy of the scriptures, the authenticity of the scriptures is fulfilled. Jesus was crucified according to the prophecy of the scripture that's been fulfilled. He was buried according to the prophecy of the scriptures being fulfilled. Therefore, he's risen according to the scriptures. So don't let anyone say, Jesus didn't die on the cross. It was Barabbas. Someone else took his place. According to the scriptures, which we have, the living word of God, and it's not living because I says, it's living because he says this is the word of God. It's free of all error. It hasn't been changed. And no one can say when they say it's been changed, when it was changed, and why it was changed, what part's been changed and what's true, they can't say it. And you know why? Because their hearts are darkened. Because right. the Holy Spirit is the only person who can give you the reality of the truth, which is the head of this one. It says, uh, the risen Christ faiths reality. I love it. God's given us faith reality. He's given us the reality of the truth. We wasn't there, but the truth has been revealed to us because we lean upon the grace that brings reality of that. Amen. Amen. It's so good to have the truth. So good to have the truth. It's half past now, five minutes. Five minutes. Hallelujah. You know, so many Christians live without the assurance that they've really got eternal life. I've spoken to many. You're born again. I've always been a Christian. You can't always be a Christian. You know, do you believe you're going to heaven? Well, I hope so. What's going on? Because this, something's wrong. When they're told like that, it's showing an indication that they don't know the scriptures. They don't know the scriptures. You know, we've got an assurance from God's word. Assurance from God's, God's word. This message, this Bible, claims if you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's no other book like this book. There's no other book. Every page is breathed with the breath of God. The Holy Spirit. 1 John 5, 13. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're holding this book and not another book? Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the testimony 
Hang on, let's back up. Let's go 1 John 5, 10. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. See, he's got a witness. You've had a witness in yourself. A witness, something backing up what, what, what you're reading. You might not understand it, but you know what I'm saying? Can I get a witness? You, you agree? You've got a witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made now, he who does not believe has made him out to be a liar. Now listen, we're getting to where we're going. Well, that makes sense, don't it? Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. So what he's saying is, they haven't believed the scriptures. They haven't believed the testimony that God has given to the son. This is my son, listen to me, it says. And he says, they haven't believed it, they haven't got the witness. Here we go now. Let's get the assurance of salvation here. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Whoa, come on, keep it rolling. And this life is where? In the sun. Remember, of whom he loved and he's well pleased. And then 12. He who has the son has life. He who has not the son of God does not have life. These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Amen. You can know you've got eternal life. Have you got eternal life? Yes. yes. Why have you got eternal life? Because I believe yes. in the testimony that Jesus is the Son of God and I believe, just like Paul says, he died, according to the scriptures, for my sin. He was buried and he took my sin away, according to the scripture. And he's risen and he's become a life-giving spirit. That's why Jesus says, for your benefit I go. Because while he was in the body, he was limited. He couldn't save you. He couldn't do nothing for you. He says, I'll go to fulfill something. Because it could only be of any value to Peter, John, and anyone who was around him at that time. Yeah, but the witnesses were saying, yeah, but it, it says that he got his authority from God. Yes, I know he was right. He's got his authority from God because he had to make scripture fulfilled. Just when he comes to John the Baptist, he says, John the Baptist says, but you should, you know, you should be doing this to me, not me to you. He says in order for scripture to be fulfilled, for righteousness, he has to fulfill some. He has to become one of his titles. Yeah, he's the son of God. But he's the son of man. Mm -hmm. And as the son of man, he didn't have privileges that the son of God was having to be worshipped as God. Know your Bible that we won't be ashamed. When we speak to them, when I say to them, I mean any cult. Any cult. And I don't mean it disrespectful about them. But I'm talking about the spirit behind them. Because it's the spirit we're dealing with, not the person. And that's what we are dealing with. But remember that God has given us enough of the truth, if we hold on to this truth, that we pull down every argument that would exalt itself against the knowledge of the Son of God. Every argument... And you know, we've got enough 
to blow every false doctrine off the planet, Amen. off the universe. But because we don't know it, we don't believe it, we don't use it. We don't believe what we got is authentic, that the enemy tries to put doubt on it, just like he did in the garden. But did God really say? God has says it, it is done. I believe it. God has says it. It's real. I believe it. This is what the enemy does through those who don't know him. He moves through people to try and bring a perversion of the word of God. He's always done it. Nothing new. We expect it of him. Because that's his nature. But what does God expect from us? To believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Five more minutes and then we have wrapped up. It's good news, isn't it? Yes. It's really good news, this is. John 17. Hallelujah. John 17, 3. John 17, 3. Can you hear them pages? <laughs> it's great. John 17, 3. Woo! Right. No wonder it's not in John 17.3. It is in John 17.3, but when you're looking at Luke 17.3, it don't read the same. <laughs> it just don't read the same. But we, we've, we've got it up there. And what's it say in John 17.3? Okay, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. This is eternal life, that they might know you. And Jesus the Messiah, whom you have sent. You know, what shall we do? Some would say, it's all right with Jesus, but you've got to do this. And they try and get you into words and bondage. And if you look at John 6, 28, it says, and they says, this was the people at that time then they says to him what shall we do that we may work the works of God and what did Jesus say well you've got to do this you've got to do that you've got to fast you've got to pray you've got to, you know you've got to really keep all the commandments and they go did he no he didn't did he that was a thunderous silence wasn't it but this is what he says this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That's the work. Only believe. And to those who believe, he gave the right to become children of God. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the living word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is living. It's active. We thank you, Lord, that your word is valuable to us. We want to prize it even more than we have have done up until this point yeah. we thank you Lord that Father we've got your word we thank you Lord that we've got the Bible and different versions maybe in our houses and there are some even right now in some parts of the world have just got piece, bits and portions in their hands they haven't got a whole Bible 
They haven't got the privilege that we've got right now, Father, being able to come together and to declare your name, to lift the rafters and to shout the name Jesus. But they've got to do it in privacy. Father, we thank you for this liberty. We thank you for this country where we're at right now. That right now, at this time, we've got the freedom to speak the name of Jesus. We don't know, Lord, what the government, even if they will think that this book is a dangerous book and it's got to be taken away. It's happened before in the past. Would we have enough in us to know the scriptures that we would hold on to the truth that you've given us, Father? Father, I thank you and I praise you for this liberty. And Lord, what, what we've got in our hands, taking advantage of the time to come together when we read your word, to store it, to think about it, to chew it over, to speak it out, to declare it, and most of all, Father, to believe it. To believe it. Because as a man thinks, so he is. Oh, Father, we thank you for this liberty. For it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Your word says. So don't be yoked again by behaviour modification from what I've set you free. I've saved you by grace. For grace is the expression of my love for you that has been poured out on the cross, on the burial, on the resurrection. That the Bible you hold now, my living words, become at a price. The price of the blood of my son, the Messiah. The price of the prophets and the apostles who were martyred, who took careful attention to make sure that what they were writing was accurate. The price was so great. And yet, as you guard the lines of your mind, Refuse the emotions of feeling that I don't need to give it the attention this time. I'm too worried about this and that. Coming to me as the last resort, but I want you to come to me as the first and final authority. As you read my word, Experiencing the liberation. For my righteousness that I've given you. Is for those who would believe. Only believe. As you read you will see the revelation. Being revealed in your heart. That would take you beyond the logic and the flesh. Beyond the apathy and the circumstances. And will bring you into the eternal. Of where I have. Not only never. But in you right now. You'll know the peace. I will give you words as my Holy Spirit brings back to remembrance. What you have stored in your heart. That every argument that would try and 
presents itself in the light of my glorious Son will be brought down through your words that are my words. So don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't feel inadequate because I am with you. I am in you and I will teach you because I love you, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Does anyone want prayer for anything? It says after the preaching of the, of the word, healing, whatever. We've heard the word. Praise God. Amen. Okay. Thanks, Lord.